It's Monday, June 28th, 2021, and you're listening to episode 573 of Fear the Boot, a show about tabletop role-playing games and a little bit more. Running time for this episode is 59 minutes. Welcome to Fear the Boot. My name is Dan. This is Wayne. I'm Brodor. And I'm Phoenix. Some of you may have heard me recording as a host on this podcast previously under a different name. Uh, I came out as non-binary a few months ago. My pronouns are they, them, and my name is changing to Phoenix. So Phoenix is who I will be from here on out. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me privately. Phoenix at feartheboot.com or via the forums. Thank you. All right. So let's get down to it. Brodor, you got a quick shout out to give, and then we're going to go into how you want to... I don't know I want to say the word. I, I guess how, yeah, yeah, how yeah. I got upset with a play. Precisely. There we go. So I just wanted to say thank you to Wayne. Wayne came over to my house recently, did an interview for Why We Game, and kind of drilled down into Wayne as a gamer and as a tech pirate. But Wayne had noticed just that I had been struggling, you know, with keeping up with consistent content and, and recognized that I'd pretty much become overwhelmed by my ignorance with the technology. And he literally put together an 18 page, including a table of contents document that kind of walks me through some here are things that you're doing right. Here are some things that you can improve and literal screenshot step by step instructions on some things that I can change to improve my website and my YouTube page. And yeah. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Like I have said, I am a fan of Brodor. I want Brodor to be a success. Yeah, I, I can tell you that. So, as I've mentioned before on the show, Fear the Boot has no employees. It is a company for legal reasons or whatever. has no employees, one contractor, which is Aisha. If I had the money to hire someone to just be my, I don't want to say bitch, but bitch, (laughs) full time, and pay them what they're worth and what they need and what they want, the first person I would make an employee of Fear the Boot isn't me. It's actually Wayne. Wayne is pretty amazing. Because you know he'll get work done. Sir, yes, I don't even know that about me. Yeah, no, no, Wayne, no, Wayne is certainly, I mean, obviously because the site is up, well, that's your doing, really. The fact that it's still there is your doing. Content I create, but Wayne like put in proper work, and it, it shamed me because I was like, I'm embarrassed that this guy did all this for something that's not his project what what is my problem that's what friends do because wayne is a really good friend and wayne is amazing and yeah Yeah. also you have stuff worth getting out there i'm kind of funny sometimes brother you're more than funny when it comes to these interviews i've listened to a bunch of them chad has said the same thing you have an ability to get people comfortable and that will open up, you'll ask about things that they've never been asked about before. And they'll share stories they've never shared before. Make me open now and see. That's what I try to do. <laughs> and you succeed at it. Oh, thank you. You're good at it. Stop it. Okay, no. fine. And your videos are incredible and they need to be on YouTube so people not on Facebook can see them. So this is my also friend, accurate. my friend actor, 
All right, so, 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 well, let's go ahead and jump to that. Do you want to because jump to now that my story? shoulders are like trying to crawl into my ears. I don't have anxiety, but I don't. The positivity it it kind of skeeves me out. Yeah. Oh, I don't know if you noticed, but oh, when you I guys did. started talking about yeah. me. I started talking about you yeah. because you're deflecting. We yes, know. I don't do well with the compliments. I don't know how to react to them. I turn bright red. It's really cute. Yeah. You, but the, here's, it's here's kind of the, adorable. Here's the thing about you, Wayne, and I really believe this. There are a lot of people that obsessively overwork because they mistakenly think that they're irreplaceable. I actually believe that you're the one employee at a job that if you left, your bosses would themselves. I don't believe that about most people. I believe that about you. I really do. I have some stories that that has happened. That doesn't surprise me. So, Rodor... Your current game. All right. So back in episode 566. Yeah. All right. We told a story about Brodor's gaming group that centered around an individual we simply called Actor. We will continue using that pseudonym. All right. So. All right. So what, what is your story with Actor? Because right, so, we, we've only heard a headline. Right, here's the brief synopsis of the situation up to this point. Okay. I'm running a 3.5 D&D game. Yes, 3.5 is the superior edition. You're wrong, but um, cute. Actually, in the edition wars, the absolute total war f***ing savagery that the three fivers will perpetrate on others because we obsessively know these combat rules is goddamn insane. Yep. We're we're like Grammaton clerics. I'm going to split the difference and say 3.5 does what 3.5 does better than 5 could ever attempt to do. Five does five better than three five could ever yeah. do. I, like I love fifth edition, but I understand why you still love three five because you can't do what you want to do. It's, it's in fifth. Just, it's just so it's so there, right? I mean, it's like that. It's like those young ladies we saw at the <laughs> restaurant. It's just a <laughs> just clean it up, right? So anyway. <laughs> Wow, okay. Why? So you're doing so good. I I didn't talk about their Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay, okay. so go on. So any which way, I pitched this game. And actor is a friend of mine and he's been gaming with me for a long time. And I feel like that there is a certain amount of proprietary ownership for your seat at the table. And we're changing games and we're getting back together because our other game is dead because of COVID. So we're starting. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. COVID literally killed the game. COVID kills the only casualty I know. Yeah. Yeah. But (laughs) I I know that. Uh, So anyway, uh, so the game's dead. We're starting over. No, I I thought COVID actually uh, killed your game like through pneumonia. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So I approach actor and I'm like, hey, I want you to play. I know that this campaign setting and that this mechanic system are not your bag. So I want you to play. However, our friendship is more important and I don't want this to feel like an obligation to you. If you step away and you don't want to play, that's your seat. And whoever's going to fill it in the interim is going to understand that you're coming back. Right. And that this is a, this campaign thing. And he, no, no, I want to play. I want to play. Everything's great. So Every game he shows up and there's a pattern and that pattern is they rush there late from work. They're stressed and they're what have you, which we pay. Okay. That's that's life. You know what? Let's everybody decompress. We'll give it a half hour. We'll start gaming. But whenever the game starts, this is very cranky, unhappy. Like it takes literal hours to finally perk up and be happy. Now, 
actors going through a lot in their life. There's a lot going on with their personal stuff and stuff going on with their job. And so I try to be patient with it. And so I haven't really engaged too much because the campaign's moving forward. People are happy. We're doing games consistently. You're getting your excess aggression out by recording episodes about it. Yeah, yeah. All of that, all of that is working, but there's this, I don't know if it's disrespect. I don't know if it's a lack of interest, but the last game session, he's on his phone, right? For a while. Now I can tell he's in a very stressed mood. He's not happy. Some is going on in his personal life. So I let it go for a while, Mm -hmm. like a long, long time. Like we're not talking an hour. We're talking more than of just this constant on the phone back and forth. So at one point I just stopped the game. I look right at him and I go, Dude, I'm so sorry. Is is our game interrupting your texting? And he f***ing looked at me and he goes, no, dude, it's cool. Go on. <laughs> oh. Oh. Wow. Okay. Well, he almost got unzipped. I mean, I, it's just, I, I was so f***ing mad. But then... That's actually kind of a funny response. Yeah, I thought he was going to explode on him or something. Instead, he just handled that in such a... Well, no, I'm not going to remember that one for the next the time somebody says something. He didn't do it because he was cool. He did it because he is quite literally yeah. on the spectrum. And okay. later that night, we so think maybe he just doesn't understand the interaction. Yes. Okay. Okay. So later okay. that night, he starts talking about how the pandemic has destroyed his ability to socialize. And that he had spent all this time with his social anxiety and dealing with being on the spectrum, et cetera. And he learned how to fake it and deal with people. And he feels like all of that effort has been just set back or or, or erased Mm -hmm. because he's been in isolation for all this time. But also he's I know everybody in the pandemic has handled it differently and has had different perspectives, but. He's the kind of person who will get vaccinated and still wear two masks because he's terrified that he's going to get this sure. thing, you know? And so he doesn't want to leave his house. And it's just, it's had a serious impact on him socially. And so I don't want to lose my temper at him, but I'm like, dude, come on. All right. Let me ask you a question that I realize is profoundly it's not subjective, I don't think, but I you might not be in the perfect position to answer because you're not in his head. Okay. So do you think this comes from a place of that this is just neurodivergence or, you know, that some difficulty in interpreting the situation? Or do you think this is something where he fully understands the situation and is just acting out of either... I don't know, malice or apathy care. 100% column A. Okay. There is not any fiber in my being that believes that this was intentional or malicious. Okay. Okay. I have a lot of thoughts on this. It adds a a whole other level to the previous episodes you've recorded about the guy. Well, right. But so this is, I didn't know. Like, oh. Right. So then, so then the converse, so then it just happens in passing. So it's not like, hey, this is something that I've been dealing with. It literally is just. It adds so much perspective. Oh. By. Yeah. I was like, "What?" Okay. It adds well, not, so much perspective I'm to his previous behavior. Yeah, yeah, that's that. Yeah, he probably didn't realize you were being sarcastic mm. with your comment, hence why his response was potentially flippant. Like, "Nah, you're cool." Like sarcasm and tone. Yeah. It just was, tend to not register it, with it people hit on the me spectrum. As so utterly disrespectful. 
and everybody has their triggers. For me, mm-hmm. it's being condescended mm-hmm. or diminished. Nothing makes me want to have violence and throw fists. Yeah, like going that. back to your previous stories, it I makes, totally understand. All of the pieces are fitting together now. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I really am relating to that you said he said is that he built up all of these methods and dealing ways to cope with things and that that then get out of place. So I'm pretty sure I never have talked about this on the podcast. One of the things that I've struggled with in the past was panic attacks. And I created my coping mechanisms for them. And one of the ways that I learned how to tell that one was about to occur was monitoring my own physiological state, carefully paying attention to my breathing. When the pandemic started, I put on a face mask. Immediately, my breathing that I'm paying attention to triggers my built-in coping mechanism of heavy breathing means panic attack. So just by putting on the mask at the beginning of the pandemic, I started having panic attacks. My own coping mechanism worked against me and I had to retrain it. And your buddy, his coping mechanisms, when he's by himself, he's not practicing them. And now he's going to have to retrain himself as he's being around. Yeah, I was about to say, after a year plus without being able to practice those skills, without being able to engage in those situations, at least not to the degree and the depth that you did before all this COVID stuff, that's got to be difficult, which is why I've got a slightly different question here, which is, Phoenix, do you have advice for Brodor? I do. And and I will preface this by saying, obviously, I am not an expert on autism or on your friend. I'm an expert on my son and my experiences with people in my life who are on the spectrum. I will go so far as to say you are an expert in being around it and understanding and dealing with it, which is what Brodor needs right yeah. now. My recommendation to you would be to have a private conversation with your friend and... Figure out what he's using his phone as a coping mechanism for. Generally, for folks who are on the spectrum, eye contact is problematic. Focusing on things for extended periods of time can be problematic. What is he using his phone to cope with? So that I don't know because we didn't have the conversation, mm-hmm. right? Because I've got four other people at the table. Yeah, well, exactly. a, a game is not the right yeah, place. A game is not the right so, place. So I wasn't, but based on my interaction with just my experience with people, he was clearly having a conversation. Mm-hmm. There was an obvious discourse back and forth. Right. Mm-hmm. And it seemed frenetic mm-hmm. and frustrated and frazzled, etc. But that I didn't dig yeah. into. And it's entirely that. possible. Maybe he was texting someone to help him cope with trying to function in that group again. See, and this is where I have difficulty because I know these people, right? I am not smart enough to manipulate and predict people like steps ahead. However, I'm good at reading body language and I'm good at reading if I had to put money on it, mm-hmm. he's having an argument with his fiance, and that's what's happening. Right. Yeah. And I don't know if this is the only time that this has been a situation coming into the game. I don't know what other stress is, but, and again, I don't know. I could absolutely be wrong just based on the situation, body sure. language, et cetera. <laughs> I'm arguing with a significant other. Yeah. So I'm going to offer a suggestion that you could offer him. I don't know him. I don't know his situation. But 
One thing I do know is that a lot of people bring their baggage to the table. You could have a conversation with them that basically tell him, life out there, it can suck. This is your isolation from that. This is your escape. Right. Don't look at your phone. Enjoy your escape. Let us be your support for this four hours. But yeah. have a private conversation. Have a private conversation with yeah. him. He specifically talked about social anxiety, so you don't want to do it in front of the group. Yeah, um, that would be bad. Uh, <laughs> don't do that to someone with social anxiety. Have a conversation with him. Figure out what's triggering him to disengage, where the disconnect is, and if there are things that you can do to help him to set that aside and to re-engage. Does he need something to do with his hands? Does he need something else to look at so that he's not having to stare at people or avoid staring at people things that are going to help him feel more comfortable that are going to help provide him with the right amount and right kind of stimulation that he Mm -hmm. needs um these are all things that generally speaking people on the spectrum it it helps them to function better i want to go out on a limb here and say you were in a good position to help him because Mm -hmm. he trusted you with this yeah this is something you didn't know about him before he said it in front of everyone no, this was this was a yeah. group conversation, right? So, I mean, obviously, I'm not. I did not out him to the group. He mm-hmm. literally right. said this in front of everyone. Yeah. yeah. The point is, you didn't know about this before. No, I didn't know. So it's something he now felt like he could tell mm-hmm. everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if he's That's told, big. if he's told the rest of the group as well, you can also engage with them to help kind of but, manage him. The big but, thing is, you know now because you were wondering in all the previous stories, right? Is he trying to sabotage your game? Now you know that's not the case. Why? <laughs> <laughs> See, here's but, the problem. Yeah. Okay. I, I think I can chew bubblegum and walk at the same time. I think that both things can be true. Mm-hmm. I think that actor can be on the spectrum and have mm-hmm. social anxiety. I also think that actor can fucking hate D&D and fucking hate Midnight and not want to play the game. And so, I think that somewhere these two things have made a baby and it's <laughs> making me mad. I will also say, yeah. I know that at least for my son, if there is something that he is not interested in or something that he struggles to maintain interest in, he lives in his own world. And what's important to him is the most important thing. And if you're trying to tell him, Hey, yes, I know that you love Sonic. Sonic the Hedgehog is really, really cool. We're not going to play Sonic the Hedgehog today because your sisters want to play Portal Knights. You also can enjoy playing Portal Knights. It's okay. Oh, hell no, it's not okay because I want to play Sonic the Hedgehog. This is the only thing that's acceptable to me. And that will trigger my son's behavior in particular. Yeah, you want to have your money and wrestle too. Go <laughs> preferred versus non-preferred activities is a whole struggle for people who are on the spectrum. So now I'm going to entertain, and this is all just rhetorical, but at some point, and I like this guy, and obviously it's worth yeah. the effort, but at some point, what if it's just not worth the effort anymore? That's okay. That's, you know, that's, yeah, I, you I know, look, like, you're a good person. I like you. We're friends, but this constant, I just don't time it sounds so heinous and hateful and selfish but i just at some point i just don't want to deal with it anymore i'm tired of accommodating it doesn't sound heinous honestly we game to have fun and if it's not fun for everybody or not fun for you to run 
then it's not fun and it's not working. Right. And it's not it's, fun for you to run. It's not going to be fun for I'm us. Having, for I'm table. having a blast. It is not a bad thing right. to say to a player like, look, I get that there are some issues going on. This isn't working. Why don't we pick it back up when we're playing something that you're more interested in? And, and this is where I'm concerned about having that conversation because I went down that road with them initially. And based on counsel that I received from another very dear friend, I was not direct enough on the initial, which is fair, fair criticism of me. But I'm concerned that having that conversation, he's just going to be like, no, dude, everything's cool. Everything's great. And, and I'm just going to get bullshit. Right. And then I'm just going to get smoke blown up my ass. And then this is going to happen three or four more times and I'm going to blow up and it's going to end our friendship because I handled it poorly. Oh, here's what you do. You invite Chad into your gaming group. You make your game with <laughs> you, you make for, him throw the sky yeah, out. You make your game with you out. for about three sessions and then give him the responsibility of yeah. throwing the guy out. It's, it's, and then kick Chad out of your group. Throwing <laughs> throwing the, throwing a person out of the group isn't the problem. The problem is is that in my experience, just in my group, if, and again, this is a huge if because I don't think this guy wants to leave the table. I don't want him to leave the table, but my friends that I don't game with anymore, I'm not friends with anymore. So, well, can I ask you kind of a a middle question here? And I've got a somewhat different approach to this. But before I get to that, is what he's doing or not doing, I realize it's it's irritating you, but is it actually hurting anything? Is it disrupting the game? Is it, I mean, is it just sort of the kind of thing where you could just take another rip on the bong and just not engage it, just let it go? I don't smoke weed while we're gaming. I'm, I'm being a couple, of my, a couple of my players are like, dude, we would like your A game. Can you be sober when you're sure, running? Right, right. I'm like, yeah, sure. Okay. I, I respect. Right, that was a figure of speech. Yeah, okay. I, I just but, mean, can you just... So so here's what it is. He doesn't want to fight, right? Okay. And and we all know that my D&D style is not proper D&D because we don't fight enough, but we have fights. I like fights. And okay. I like what 3.5 does for fights. And I like just f***ing killing. Right. right? But... <laughs> He doesn't want that. But 3.5 also, I don't know about Pathfinder, well, at least within D&D, it also had non-combat class tracks and artisan class sure. tracks. And so, and especially yes, if you're in a survival situation, but having somebody who's a blacksmith or a carpenter. You're, but who, you're, the thing is, and the argument that you'll get from most D&D people is that your character sheet, everything here, 99% of the game is on this piece of paper and 90% of this piece of paper is fighting. And that's the argument that you're going to get from people. But that's beside the point. The point yeah, is that's, that's, that's he, it's still your game. You, when, when it comes to a fight, he's unhappy because he doesn't want the fight. He doesn't enjoy the math. He doesn't enjoy the combat encounter. So what if he's not part of the fight? So when you're at the table and the combat encounter is going on right. and you get pouty and mopey and you don't participate in the combat at the detriment of other people at the table, that's a problem. So I'm not saying you're wrong, but can you explain to me how it's a problem? Okay, let's say, for example, Phoenix is playing a half giant and they're fighting orcs and these orcs are getting their kicked in because there's 10 of them, but there's one of them and they're winning, right? So Phoenix crush, 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 crush. Things are starting to look bad. The encounter's starting to turn. Phoenix's character's taking some D. There's still a couple orcs here. Oh, here come the bugbear reinforcements. Well, you know what? Phoenix is fifth level. They've got a lot of hit points. You know what? I'm not going to move toward it. I'm going to spend two rounds hiding back here, even though in one round I could have made it, even though mathematically Phoenix probably isn't going to die. The right thing to do is to go help my buddy 
in their combat. But I'm not going to do that because eh, it'll just take too much time. It'll be easier to sit on my thumb. But why not just rebalance the encounter to accommodate that the typical encounter presupposes, when I say encounter, I don't mean I, combat. The typical encounter presupposes the existence of this character. The typical combat counter does not. I absolutely do. So I've got enough experience under my belt to do exactly that. The problem is, is that if, and again, this is just my perception of the issue. If I focus on other people at the table who do want to have a fight, actor disengages and pouts. Even though the other people at the table are having a blast and fighting. When actor is not there and somebody else runs his character in the combat encounter, the most combat effective rogue I've seen in years. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. So f***ing kills. Kills, kills, kills. The chef's character is the aforementioned half-giant who slays motherfuckers. I mean, just kicks ass, takes names, chops heads, loves f***ing murder, right? The only person in the party who comes close and often eclipses their damage output is the rogue when being played by somebody else. So that answers the question I had was, what class are they? They're a rogue. A rogue. You expect to be out fighting. Oh, he's got great face skills. I mean, when it comes to a social encounter, yeah. he's he's like the purple man. He's unstoppable. People will do whatever he wants in a social encounter, right? You should ask him to be a bard. They don't have bards in this world because it's not stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I love bards, Wayne. I'm kidding. Because <laughs> if, he, if he were a bard, then he can excel at the social stuff. But when it comes to combat, yeah, what, what bardic inspiration. Yeah, I guess and, I guess what I'm not conveying what, is what is about that a buff, debuff sort of class. There are, or, there, are, I don't know. there are two gears. I don't think it's his character class. I think it's him. I think. I guess I'm just still. I'm not trying to be obtuse, but I just really don't follow. I'm just stuck on. So why not just edit him? I mean, the fact that he's effective, great. Rebalance the encounters. Yeah, I mean, if, if he leaves the group, same effect. No, no, no. So, so I, I, I got you there. Yeah, it's, so it's, it's also it's, his behavior at the table. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, Phoenix has got me. That's the issue. The issue is, is that if it is a social engagement, he's lively and excited and whatever. And then if it's a combat engagement, it's not simply apathy it's i'm just gonna take my ball and go home so and, and it starts I, to become more sabotage I, yeah i'm not gonna i don't know why i'm bothering to attack because i'm gonna fail i don't know what well gosh i mean when if i'm not here and somebody else uses my character's mechanics in a combat encounter i'm super effective well dude i mean yeah so all right yes because they're because they're trying does he they're need help trying does he need help figuring out no how to play it no combat? okay no he's he knows the rules better than i do and i have the fucking rules <laughs> right it's goddamn deliberate obstinance okay let me uh, just for the sake of completeness here ask a question i'll get him on the show no, we'll, this out. <laughs> no, no, no. well, I mean, if we oh, need to do God. marital counsel between you two, then dude, marital counseling, some of the best I ever did. So <laughs> no, I'm serious, man. Having a third person objective Ooh. arbiter yeah. to yep. tell you that infidelity is not the same as alcoholism is awesome. <laughs> But anyway, okay, I'm I'm, I'm talking facetiously about, I'm not literally, because the actor is not your wife. I'm I'm talking about facetious marital counseling. (laughs) But no, let me ask you a question. Have you sat down with this individual, with actor? No. And asked him just some really broad sort of questions that that are non-insinuating. Just say like, can you help me understand 
what's going on here? And whatever he says, don't debate it, don't argue with it. That doesn't mean you have to agree with it. But this is just an information collecting mission. What's going on? Why do you feel this way? Is there something we could help you with? Is there something going on that you need to be at home dealing with, not here? Is there something about the game that's bugging you? Mm-hmm. I and me, I don't even know that those are neutrally phrased enough. If I focus had enough time, on, to... yeah, focus on behaviors that you've observed. So not like, hey, why are you being such a dick, dude? Yeah, exactly. Like I noticed that when we have a combat encounter, you have been using your phone. Your char- you the way that you play your character is X Y Z. These are observable behaviors that I have seen you do. Can you explain to me why you're interacting in this way? Well, and I don't want to dogpile on the guy, but and again, I know I may not have made the most succinct or cohesive argument, but I am not the only person at the table that has noticed this behavior. Mm-hmm. I'm not right. here to speak for the right. other people at my table or to do a bunch of finger pointing. I'm just saying my perspective, my relationship with this one guy. The problem is, is that I'm afraid that if I sit down to have that conversation, just based on knowing our two personalities, it's not going to get anywhere. There's not a third party that could be there to I, there's a guy help that, even it out. Or? Maybe there's a guy in the group, actually. I think that Banker would probably be the best person in the group to do that because Banker and Actor are actually probably the closest out of the group. I mean, the, the, out of out of the, the all of the relationship dynamic, Banker and Actor are probably closer with one another um, than they are to any other people in the group with one exception. So he might be the right guy to do it. So maybe I just talk to Banker and have Banker do it and just be a baby and not do it myself. No, I you still your, need to be there. Yeah, I get your you fear, still though. still need to engage. I see what you're getting at. You're afraid that if you and him have this conversation and it comes to a fight, you're going to lose your friend. Yeah. Right. Because I'll blow up at him. Because I'll be like, I'll be like, look, you dumb motherfucker. Could you imagine when you were running Feng Shui, if I sat there on my phone for over an hour, and then when you confronted me about it, I was complete f***ing dick? Well, okay. That's how I would handle it. I, I and that's s- not right. Right, right, right. I know. Correct. I know. <laughs> I, and, and I'm going to give a, my ultimate conclusion. I'm going to state in more detail later on, assuming it doesn't evolve based on information that, that we gather here. But my early take on this is, on the one hand, you want to be as accommodating and loving as you can be to a friend. That's what friends do. That's why Wayne gave you that 18 or whatever it was page document. Friends love each other, support each other, help each other out, try to find middle ground. But that doesn't mean there is therefore no point beyond which you have gone from being a good loving friend to being a complete doormat. Let me, let me, well, so let me ask you one more sure. question. And like I said, I'm going to expound upon my sort of my conclusion on this. But there was a really good video that was put out by Will Smith, of all people. And he games. No, this wasn't about gaming. And it wasn't a good video, Dan. Oh, OK, I apologize. <laughs> but it was about it was a life advice. And he put into words something that yeah, from a, from someone who's wealthy and beautiful. That's yeah, well, very helpful. Okay, well, well, he, put, <laughs> he, he well, I'm flattered, but, <laughs> but but he put into words something that I have intuitively known and believed for a very long time. What he said in that video is he talks about the difference between fault and responsibility. All right, a situation being difficult the peculiarities of an individual, whatever they may be, they 
may or may not be the fault of the individual you're talking to. All right. The dealer deals you a hand. You've got a hand. What's in that hand may or may not be your fault. In many cases, it is not. Speaking to my own issues with the anxiety disorder, with depression, things like that, I do not think, knowing what I do about my own life, that I would assign fault to myself for these issues. The damage that created them, et cetera, et cetera. I could get into the detail of who did what and blah, blah, blah. And even then, it's ultimately irrelevant. Fault really is irrelevant. Because what we really ought to be talking about is something else, which is responsibility. It may not be my fault that I am depressed or that I have an anxiety disorder or whatever, but I do have a responsibility to do something to accommodate, not just have people accommodate me, which I think my friends ought to do. I think my friends ought to accommodate me. But similarly, there comes a point where I have to accommodate them. You know, I have to say, look, it's nobody's fault, but I'm really anxious right now. And I'm kind of, you know, on edge or whatever. I need to recognize that and extricate myself. You know, or I'm, there's a game going on right now and I'm really depressed or I'm really distracted by work or drama with my girlfriend or, or whatever it is. I don't know what this guy's going through and say, you know what? It's best that for their sake, I extricate myself. And I think a conversation should occur. In my opinion, a conversation should occur that is neutral, non-accusatory, that has a lot of very active listening, that looks for a middle ground. But I think it is also very fair for you at some end of that, and maybe you need to chill out a bit, but at some end of that to still say, okay, but you got to help us here a little bit. You got to communicate some things. You got to meet us halfway. You got to maybe pick up some... And I don't know what these are, so I'm not going to pretend to tell you what they ought to be, but some kind of coping mechanism to help you here. And, you know, and that that's I see it as my responsibility to take whatever steps, whatever coping mechanisms it is to have my issues remain my issues and not fall on everyone around me. I'm not always going to be successful, but it is my responsibility to try. Mm -hmm. And if I don't tell someone about something then they don't know that they just hit a trigger. Yeah. You know, because everyone has triggers. Even people that for the most part don't think of themselves as struggling with anything have triggers. Yeah. Absolutely. And they, you don't necessarily know your triggers. But if you know one and you don't tell somebody, you certainly can't hold them responsible for hitting your trigger. Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of it. This person had coping mechanisms. Right now, they are struggling with their coping mechanisms. Their responsibility to themselves and to you guys is to work on rebuilding those coping mechanisms. If they choose not to do that, they are harming the group as a whole. Yes. And it is time to tell yes. them yeah. they are not living up to their and, responsibility. And even if it's not necessarily, I'm a softie, right? Like, I'm a mom. I my This makes me think about my son, right? It may not be a, oh, I'm choosing not to work on my coping me mechanisms. It may take him a while. Right. right. And it is okay. I give you permission as a friend to say, I love you. This is not good for me. This is not good for the group as a whole. We're here to help you. 
get this back under control, but it needs to be in a different way and in a different setting. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes situations just suck and it's not yeah. anybody's fault that they suck, but they suck. And if something doesn't change, everyone is going to be miserable and it's not going to work out for anyone. No. Yeah. I think that's an important point to bring up too, and, is that it doesn't just affect our relationships. Mm-hmm. Like you're saying, it's not, it's not just working for me. Yeah. There's the collective to consider that it may not be working for as well. Yes. Yeah, and also, and this is highly speculative on my part, and let me stress that, but it is also possible that there may be a better situation that by virtue of remaining in this comfort zone that actor's not going to find. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I'm not saying that to, I, I don't want to sound dismissive, and I don't want to sound like I've got some Pollyanna outlook on this, because I don't. There is such a life thing as is enabled. hard. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. That's yes. exactly my point. There is. is is life is hard. I, I you know, I don't know. I, I don't want to just oh yeah, well, if this isn't working, then clearly better is out there for it. Well, maybe it's not. I don't know. But either way, if this is a non productive situation that is damaging your hobby, is damaging the hobby enjoyment, and by extension, possibly therefore the mental health and coping of the other people there who may be coping to some degree through the escapism of the game that you don't want to pit one issue against another because you will never get a healthy outcome. Mm -hmm. I still am a big believer that I think the due diligence ought to occur, that a fair and open-minded conversation ought to occur to try and understand this on his terms, his perspective, That's not the same as enabling. I'm not saying, therefore, take his perspective as gospel and run with it, but I'm just saying I don't know that you can fully understand why he's doing what he's doing or how to interpret that if you don't see his perspective. I will not name the individual because they are associated with the show, but this was maybe several months ago. There was someone who had to sit down with me and explain to me why they were doing certain things. And it's kind of a long story, and I unfortunately can't go into detail, but it completely changed my understanding of this individual and the way in which I was interpreting certain things. And it kind of it chilled me out, you know, because I'm like these things that I'm interpreting through one lens. That's not what's intended. This is like an optical illusion of behavior that you see it and you assume a motivation or you prescribe a motivation that's based on fundamentally your own perspective and experiences, which may or may not line up with his. Once again, that doesn't mean you should capitulate at every turn and say, we're just going to make the group roll over and no, accept there that. there still need to be boundaries. Exactly. Exactly. There need to be healthy boundaries. And one of those boundaries may be, we love you, but this isn't the best situation for anyone involved. We need to. Yeah, and we're certainly not there yet. We're at the point where we need to have a conversation. Mm -hmm. And I I think that, again, this is my frustration, not the group's frustration. The group could say, oh, yeah, here are examples that would support what Mike is saying. But they, you know, well, it feels talking about the other people because it's it's not fair to them because they're not there to tell me where I'm right and tell me where I'm wrong. But. Broder, can we discuss the cyclical nature of every time you come on and tell these stories? It always winds up with us telling you, you need to talk to your player. 
and yet you come back with another story where you haven't talked to your so player. This situation has evolved. No, that's, over time. I, I'm going to take yeah. over side on this yeah. one. Yeah, his, this one has evolved. It has this evolved. is not the second time he's come with this <laughs> with stories about actor though. No, no, no. This is the third or fourth, no, and the a, advice is the same he's every time. He's talk to him. Talk to your player. But he's so infuriated. Talk so, to your player. Figure out how to deal with your own yes. fury. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That, that's why I was making the joke about why you it. Don't, take a long rip. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> just I mean, even figure yourself out why out. you don't want to take our advice and talk so, to hold him. On. Because, because, all right, I understand there's it's no a dis- answer, right. but I know. <laughs> I understand there's no dysfunction at gaming tables you don't allow. That's correct. Right. Can you allow for some dysfunction in an Applebee's? <laughs> yes, I will allow for dysfunction. <laughs> well, I mean, Applebee's, it's one of the cornerstones of Applebee's dysfunction. <laughs> well, so, well, I guess I'll be fine. I mean, have you seen the married couples with kids that go in and eat at Applebee's? I, mean, uh, I know. Why, what, whoa, why are <laughs> we attacking me? <laughs> Don't worry, Phoenix. I'm right there with you. I uh, am one of three people in the world that apparently likes Applebee's okay. Uh, like, I have no delusion. It's Crapplebee's. Well, look, I have no delusion. You know what? It's cheap food for kids, okay? Yeah. Bingo. When you drive through a McDonald's, you don't expect a Ruth Chris. <laughs> but I'm still fine with McDonald's. I, and I'm kind of, I take Applebee's on its own terms. And apparently I'm one of, like, apparently Phoenix and I are two of the three people that can do that. <laughs> I like Applebee's as well. Yeah, okay, it's so three good three. Wrong. It's there wrong. we go. Here, here. <laughs> Honestly, we all always liked it. It's just Chad doesn't want to go there. Well, apparently Brodor to see. But the point is. <laughs> well, no, here's the difference between Brodor and Chad. Brodor will bitch about it. He'll deride it. He'll say it's f***ing gross. But then he'll also shut his goddamn mouth and go eat there. True. Yep. So a peek behind the curtains. And Dan can cut this if he wants to. Do you have any idea how many times Dan and Chad have had issues with each other? And the solution was they went out to dinner and talked about it. We've talked about it on the show. Yeah. There is something to be said about communication other ways that loses its nuance. Can I say something brutally honest? Mm-hmm. What if I figure out I don't like him? What if I'm wrong? That's what, what if that's part of the journey that's of life? Okay. Yeah. Wouldn't it be better that's for okay. you to know that because now? I like him as a person, but what if I like him as a person, but I don't like gaming with him? If I don't so, like gaming with okay him, too. did our friendship's You're, over? It doesn't have to be. That's a choice. It, oh, it does. That's a choice. It does. Okay. Okay, well, hold on. Let me, let me ask. That's your there choice. There are billions of f***ing people on the planet. Yeah. It's difficult for me to keep up with all the people that I game with. I understand that. But if you hate gaming with someone, then I don't, don't hate your... gaming with them. Okay, no, then there's your answer. I don't hate it. I don't. You just strongly hate... dislike it, which is no, definition one. You just don't like running D and D for him. You are exactly. Broder, That's you're it. tap dancing around it, dude. Yeah, you're tap yes. dancing around it. Phoenix and I are on the same page. I don't. Yeah. Do... I give him the benefit of the doubt of Thank this. But I said he doesn't like running D and D for him. He's mm. talked about being in other games with him that he's enjoyed. That he ran. I never brought these sorts of things to the table when we were playing Deadlands. That's uh, that's real life. Yeah. So I I don't know. I I think that's where I'm at. Is I will certainly grant the situation has evolved. You've learned new information that changes or ought to change your perspective, and maybe it adds some steps you've got to take along the way. It adds some nuance. Yeah, and maybe there's some private conversations you could have with people who themselves or either close to someone who's on the spectrum or themselves are on the spectrum and get some i don't, I don't know what you need to do right i i don't have this figured have conversation. out yeah. but I'll, either I'll... way a, a quiet and very ready to listen 
and see if, if there's no fixing it. If this is something where this just isn't going to work, then it's not going to work. But get there knowing you tried. Get there knowing. And you're saying, well, what if we our friendship ends? Well, if your friendship was only gaming, you guys didn't have a friendship to begin with. Mm-hmm. You're gaming buddies, which is fine. Crazy, stupid but idea. Don't, but don't call that invite a close him friendship. Onto your, invite him onto your podcast and interview him. You'll find out all kinds of things about him because you're good <laughs> as an interviewer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Wayne figured it out right there because I don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. Be like, I fully understand your fear and what you're going through. I've struggled with that before too. I have continued with social events or hobbies or things with people that I didn't enjoy being around them for that, but I wanted to stay their friends. Yeah, and I have had people that I enjoyed being around that we don't game with anymore, and I don't have any interactions with. So I understand that. But if it makes you miserable, if it is a source of frequent, repeated frustration for you, yeah, that's not misery. That's just being brodor. That's yep. just that's just life. That's it just is being... stressing you out. Oh, it is but, upsetting you. It's, it's providing us a lot of content it for is the podcast. Us with <laughs> yeah, a lot no. of content. Actually, you know what? Wade's right. We benefit from not solving this problem. <laughs> yeah, keep ignoring all our advice. Keep yeah. It. At the Todor, we are your pharmaceutical uh, company that only sells treatments, not cures. I would like to say, <laughs> so that, not that, that I'm going to really blow true. my own horn, and I recognize that I am far from the summit, but I have made it some distance from the time that I started doing this podcast and how I would have handled this situation to the now. And I think that the fact that I'm reflecting on it and I am seeking the counsel of trusted friends and advisors is a testimony to my maturity okay. as an individual. Let me add something on to that, because my perspective on something very related to that has, I wouldn't say changed 180 degrees, but it shifted maybe 10, 20, 30 degrees, which is venting. I think one of the worst habits we as human beings have is bitching, venting, gossiping, whatever you want to call it, bad-mouthing people behind their backs. And I think it is a problem because of the fact that we engage into it far too freely, far too frequently. And we do that in lieu of dealing with the issue, in lieu of dealing with the person. Oh, yeah. But, but where my view has shifted somewhat, a little bit, is I still think there needs to be a huge course correction in human psyche on this and and human behavior on this, including myself. I'm not claiming to be perfect here, but as I've kind of chewed it up in my mind and I know I'm not just justifying myself because where I started chewing on this was things that ended up in my lap or somebody was venting about me. And so it, it was hitting me. I'm not justifying what I was doing to other people. But I was trying to genuinely see their perspective. And is this, are they being assholes? Is this healthy? I don't care if it's common. Lots of things in the world history have been common. That doesn't mean they're good. And what I started to realize is that there is a truth in there, which is that, one, it does help people chill out a bit. It helps them organize their thoughts. It helps them sometimes start to back off a bit and put aside things that may be their pet peeves or their hangups, because oftentimes dysfunctional situations are made much worse because two people's dysfunctions headbutt. 
It's sandpaper on sandpaper. It's not sandpaper on wood. It's sandpaper on sandpaper. And sometimes in the course of venting, sometimes you start to sort out your thoughts and say, you know, I just need to bitch about it. Now I don't care. I'm past it. I'm over it. It's, it's my issue. It's not even them or they're quirky, but whatever. They're still my friend. Or to even go so far as to say, well, I'm pissed about this. I'm pissed about this. But now that I've kind of cleared my head, I'm in a space to figure out what am I going to do to actually fix it? Well, and I definitely, I struggle with this as a concept of, I don't like gossip. I don't like talking about people behind their back, any of that. However, sometimes you want a reality check too. Is this just me? Is yeah. this thing that's yeah. bothering me? Is it in my head? Or is everyone else noticing yeah. this too? I have a, and, I have a solution, maybe a, a, a trick that I use because I talk to a lot of people, right? I get a lot of venting sessions or let me dump this on your lap because you're a good listener and you'll listen. There's a very simple question that you ask and it's, do you need me to listen and support you and let you get it off your chest or are you ready to look for solutions? I think a good example before we started recording, I had something I wanted to vent about because Mm -hmm. it had been bugging me for days and I needed to say it to someone. Yeah, I wasn't looking for a solution because I didn't need a solution. Yeah, there isn't, just there isn't a solution. It doesn't even need to be a solution. Yeah, yeah. it's just it's, something that bothered me that I wanted to get out, so it wasn't still in my head. Right, mm-hmm. and I just needed someone to listen. And once that's done, I move on. And I'm fine. Yeah. yeah, but there does, co- I think, depending on the issue. Exactly, it's depending on the issue. There are sometimes a point where you have to say, you know what, this far and no farther. I need to either deal with this or, or move on in life. One mm-hmm. of the two, you know, bitching about it is now just, it's just an antisocial, and, unhelpful and I, behavior. I'm big on the vent, right? Right. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. So in order, I love venting and then I love gossip, particularly, <laughs> particularly if that gossip is about the hobby industry and specifically if that gossip is about the fantasy shop. Now, the talking about other people behind their backs, obviously, I am as guilty as the next person that I have done that. But everyone does it. They, yeah. You may not like doing yeah. it, but everyone I'm does not, it. It's like lying. Every human being tells lies. That does not mean every human being is a habitual liar. But Nor does that mean lying's but, okay. Da, 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 da. Actor knows who he is. Actor sometimes listens to this show. And I have said nothing here today that if actor came to me and said, well, you said X, Y, Z, well, let's just listen to the episode together. What did I say? And then we'll talk about what I said and where I was right and where I was wrong and whatever. But I am only guarded about my feelings with people in the personal because I don't like those situations. I don't Mm -hmm. like to be emotionally vulnerable. I don't like that. But I also, there's a huge selfish part of me that thinks this is a lot of effort and it would be just easier to, and I don't mean actor specifically, right. I mean the royal you, yeah. but it would just be easier to replace you with someone else than to deal with this bullshit. Yeah, well. And I know that sounds horrible, well, it, it, but I'm just doing the calculus. It, it, it depends on the nature of your relationship and how much you have invested in it. And, what you- and obviously with this person. Obviously, it You're is invested. more important to me to talk yeah. to them precisely because you're struggling with it, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I think to Wayne's earlier point, we wouldn't be on our nth show about this 
if you didn't care about this person. If this yeah. didn't drive me crazy. Yeah, if yeah. you didn't want to fix it on some level, we would not be having yeah, this conversation. Because, because, I mean, whether or not I don't want to get into a whole religious thing, but I don't know. I just, I believe in God, and all I know is that I'm supposed to be a positive impact on people's lives. And I'm not always that guy. Right. Right? Nobody and is. He's my friend. I invite him to the table. I have a responsibility to talk to him about this and not to be a f***ing coward about it. But I'm such an angry what? person that if I don't vent, then I'll just attack. Yeah. yeah. If you would have the conversation with him after this venting session, it's going to be a hundred times better yep. than if you hadn't vented and done it. Mm-hmm. I'm the same way. I don't like sharing something sometimes and I bottle things up. I have been known for years around work and other things as being the calm guy you don't get angry. When I people actually saw me get angry, right. that meant something. Well, that's because I bottle it all up unhealthily until it snaps and I yell at someone. See, I'm the opposite of you. I bloviate and I scream and I smash and I yell. But when my employees were scared is when there was the calm. Look, we, we might all package it in different wrapping paper, but inside of that box, all right, this is too many metaphors, but inside of that box, there's, there is a truth about many people on this show, many people in geekdom, nerddom, whatever, many people, I think, in the world in general, which is we have had too many experiences in our life where we have been punished for being socially or emotionally vulnerable. And as a result, we come up with all of these ways, whether it's bitching behind people's backs, whether it's throwing away relationships casually, which is not what you're doing, but I'm just using it as an example. No, but I find them. But I, I, we I, find all these ways to avoid because talking to someone as a peer and as a friend and trying to fix an issue without simply trying to beat them into submission requires being socially and emotionally vulnerable. And we are taught by way too many life experiences, by way too many people, that that is a bad place to be. And I think that describes so much of the pain in our society and so much of the hurt in our society because we can't be real with each other. And there was something that I did. I'm not trying to pat myself on the back here. I am saying this because I want to explain how hard this was for me, that this was not something that was easy because I'm a wonderful person. This was hard because I'm a broken person, which is several years back, I forced myself to write a letter to everyone in the hosting group of Fear the Boot that was nothing but positive things about why I liked them and cared about them and admired them as a person. Why? Because I was in a fight with the group? No, we're getting along fine. This this was relatively out of nowhere. I did it because people don't do it because they're afraid to do it because they're afraid of being vulnerable And I looked at myself in the mirror and said, you know, why am I just bitching about this in general when I'm part of the problem and I don't do this? And you know what? To my shame, I did it once and haven't done it since. But why was that such a big event? Why was that so hard to do? Yeah, I had one person, I won't name the person because they intimated some things to me that are very personal, but they told me that that letter meant a lot to them and they still sometimes come back and reread just that one post in their dark moments because of the fact that it's there. There's somebody saying and that they love them and care about them. Once again, I'm not spraining my arm, patting myself on the back. I'm not a good person. If I was a good person, I'd do this all the time. 
you know, I'm a broken person who did something right at that moment in my life. But it's something I think we need to get our courage together and we need to make a part of our lives. We need to be to tell the people that we love that we love them. Yeah, I, why is it there are so many people that they lose a loved one and they all have the same message? Boy, I wish I could have said X, Y, and Z to them when they were alive. Hmm. And then they go on and forget the other people that don't listen to what they have to say and then go on and let their friends, family, whatever, die without saying X, Y, Z. But even that person will then not go say X, Y, Z to anyone else in their life. Part of growth and part of continuing to learn and to grow is getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. That's mm-hmm. wise. So, true story. I'm the, a very wise person. You are. <laughs> true story. The day that my wife was shot, when she was leaving for work, we got in a huge fight. Swear to God. We got in a huge fight that day. And, dude, we've never parted like that ever again. Mm-hmm. I remember when my dad was going in. This is my 21st birthday. He's going in for a double bypass because he just had a heart attack. On you know, happened all on my birthday. And... I can only think of a couple times I've ever told him I love him in my life. And I told him then, and that was his first response was to look up at me and say, you're scared that I'm about to die, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, I am. He wasn't worried about it until at that point he realized I was scared. And I'm not picking on you, Wayne, because I'm just as guilty, right? Maybe I'm more guilty. I don't know. I I don't keep score sheets. I'm horrible about it. I don't. I can't. I can't express it. But you know why your dad picked that out? Because I never do it. Because you never do it. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm getting into, I'm bloviating myself now, but. I'll bloviate you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was, anyway, it's not a transitive verb. I, I, I myself am now bloviating. If he's in the bathroom and you're bloviating him, would it be a bloviumpkin? A bloviumpkin, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Isn't that a Harry oh. Potter spell? <laughs> a bloviumpkin. <laughs> Swish and flick. <laughs> So, all right, I think we're going to stop here before this turns into a, another Especially negative Phoenix episode. I thought we broke Phoenix. No, it's Bloviumkin. Bloviumkin. No, Phoenix had a mouthful of water there. I say, when you have a spell that makes your wand go flaccid, you So, anyway. I do hope this is something you're able to work this out. Obviously, we're in your corner on this one. Thank you. So, actually, actor's birthday is today, and of the the day of this recording, Mm -hmm. and the Saturday following this recording, we're having he's having a party. So I'll feel out things at the party, and maybe I'll pull him aside and say, "Brother, I just want to say, how are you doing, man? How are you? I just want to check out. I mean, the last several times you've been to the game, you just haven't been yourself, and I want to make sure you're all right. You said something about anxiety and just having to get back into the groove of things, and I just want to make sure you're all right. And so, yeah, and you're ruining my fucking game. So stop it. (laughs) Well, before (laughs) that, maybe that last part. Yeah, yeah, maybe leave off that last part in favor of an. And hey, would you like to go out and grab some beer sometime? Don't say he is not ruining my game. He is. He's frustrating you. He's challenging. He's just frustrating. Yeah, he's challenging for sure. All right. Well, as for you guys at home, check the show. notes. might be a couple things in there. Once again, I'll try to link that Will Smith video just because I liked it. Maybe you won't. You know what? I don't either way. Not what the show's really about. So, yeah. And otherwise, thank you guys for tuning in. Have a great week and great games. And we will catch you next time. (laughs) 
This has been a production of Fear the Boot, copyright 2021. Listeners are free to use this episode in a non-commercial endeavor so long as credit is provided to feartheboot.com. You can find previous episodes and other resources at feartheboot.com. If you wish to support this show and its related endeavors, you can do so at patreon.com slash feartheboot.